Hi, this is Randall Dobbins with Business Partner Blueprint, where we provide strategic alliance training to help you quickly grow your business. And I'm welcoming you back to another episode of the Blueprint Pros podcast, where we discuss how to land big corporate big corporate clients, big corporate contracts and big corporate clients. And today I'm so wonderful, I can't stand myself. Uh, I'd like to invite you to continue along with us over our next nine episodes for the new Pathway to Your Success series. This series is about helping you to discover the small business growth opportunity with the biggest companies in the world. The series will walk you through various issues such as corporate contracts versus government contracts, how to use corporate contracts for legacy business growth, and what does that mean what do large companies buy? Why, 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 why the time is now for small business owners to get into this game and how to go about financing your business so that you can really play to win uh, as well the mindset for success. And today we're going to talk about topic number two, the corporate opportunity, the uh, corporate procurement versus government procurement. And so you're probably left with the question, what really and truly is the smartest choice for you to sell your products right now? There, There's corporate procurement, there's government procurement, there's a retail or direct to customer. There's a lot of different ways you can go. And you, you're saying to yourself, well, which one makes the most sense? Um, I may have set up one way, but I might be thinking something totally different right now. Now that I'm thinking about a legacy business and sustainable growth or something that I know that at, at such time that I step away from it, that it will actually sell for a good, a good multiple of earnings or profit. If you recall, I told you in the last episode that the biggest challenge that we small business owners have or that you have is that we build these businesses, but they never really sell for what we think they should sell for. Right now, the history is you, you probably have an idea in mind of what you're going to sell your, your business for, and you're going to be lucky if you get 50% of that value. So the question becomes, well, are there things you can do that helps you to get you know, a hundred percent of what you think you can sell it for. And a large part of that has to do with which markets you're in and how consistent is your business. So let's talk about, um, corporate versus government. And I want you to think of it this way. I want you to think of it as you making the decision you want to fly and and you got to bear with me here for some of you that are afraid of getting in airplanes or if you're afraid of getting in an airplane or <laughs> that kind of thing just just bear with the analogy here just go with me so imagine you want to fly and right now you know you can buy uh, a whole host of things you could actually like buy a helium balloon now you know the helium balloon that's a lot of work and it, it's not going to really get you someplace any 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 faster or that fast at all. Um, and it's probably not going to take you that high. And there's a lot of risks associated with it. And then you say, well, maybe I could learn how to fly helicopters or uh, recreational planes. And it's like, well, you know, a helicopter will only take me up so high. And uh, I've got some some uh, it's only going to take me so far before I need to refuel it. And I can't really, you know, put a lot in it. 
And then you might say, well, <clears throat> maybe I need a jet. And so now you're left with private jet or commercial jet. But you think about it, it's like, okay, that, that thing can get you to a really high altitude. It can fly for a lot of hours, uh, four, five, ten times faster than a helicopter, shoot, probably 200 times faster than a hot air balloon. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you, you know, we're talking about airplanes that, that get up to, uh, what, 600 miles per hour or something, something crazy like that, 650 miles per hour is what they're rated at. And so, you know, really and truly, if you're trying to go, you know, across the ocean, if you're trying to go from one end of the country to the other end of the country, and you're, you're talking about doing that in three and a half and four hours, whereas if you do it anything else, it could take days. It's like, wow. So think of your choice between corporate procurement and government procurement, almost like the difference between uh, riding in a helicopter that it can only take you so fast and it can only take you up so high, you know, 10, 15, uh, thousand feet in the air versus a jet that can take you to, you know, 40 and 50,000 feet and travel, you know, upwards of 600 miles per hour. And that really and truly is kind of the way you're looking at it. A number of people will go with government. You may choose government procurement because the rules are pretty much the same for everybody, for the most part, in general. Uh, and let's talk about what's really geared for you, the small business owner, for government procurement. We're, we're not going to talk about the exceptions in this episode because there are exceptions, but they're not going to apply as much to your business right now. So the thing to keep in mind with government procurement is the rules are pretty much the same for everybody. They have set aside some money for your business. And if you decide that that's a business you want to pursue, then it makes a lot of sense. It will actually, you know, an airplane, a, a helicopter gets you in the air, right? It gets you in the air and you're flying. You learn the basics of uh, flying or a small plane, in this case, a small recreational plane. You learn the basics of flying. You 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 learn what it takes to be a good pilot. You You discover... Um, the, the, the rules of the game and all those other kinds of things. And so government contracting actually makes a lot of sense if you're just now starting your business. Uh, government contracting does have some limits. If you go towards 8A, 8A certification, then they limit how many years you can maintain an 8A certification, in which case you then have to compete for government business like the bigger companies, which can be a good thing. But, you know, the government, they their, their procurement process is 100% transparent. They will share with you who's for a non-intelligence-related non, non, uh, and non-defense-related uh, activities. Uh, or non-clearance related activities, they'll tell you who all bid, they'll tell you the prices of uh, people that bid, they'll tell you the price of the winning bid, and so uh, they, they pretty much have detailed requirements. The requirements are exact, exactly the same for everybody. If somebody comes in with a better idea, they'll send that back out and share with everybody and have everybody quote on that. And so the playing field really and truly is rather even. So if you're building your business, and you're looking to just understand the basics of running the business because getting the contract is not really the, 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 the bigger issue in business. It's knowing how to successfully execute against the contract. 
so that you can successfully get contract number two, contract number three, contract number four, contract number five, and just keep it going like an engine. <clears throat> That's the trick, okay? And so the uh, that that may actually be a smart thing to do if you're looking to cut your teeth or really and truly just get your business going to a point where uh, it's repeatable and it's sustainable. The basics of uh, building a business. Now, corporate procurement uh, and then specifically supply chain contracts. That one is a little different. That one, un unlike our helicopter or more precisely our, our small plane, our, our recreational plane, the one that we take out on the weekends, the opportunity with corporate procurement is huge, okay? Uh, in this case, there's no limit to how many years you can have the contract, and depending on what commodity you're offering or what product or service you're selling, there's no limit to uh, how big you can grow with the company, and there's no limit to how many different companies you can sell to. So, uh, when you start talking about government versus uh, government versus corporate, you're 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 really and truly talking about two different games. The other issue that you run into with corporate procurement is corporate procurement is not as much about the same degree of transparency, and the the primary driver behind that. And I want you to think about it this way. If you're the government and your your income is paid by taxpayers, then you need to have a system that is accountable to the taxpayers, in, in which case anybody pays taxes should be able to see what's going on so that they can say, hey, you know, my business got a fair shot. My neighbor's business got a fair shot. My, 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 my son, my daughter's, my wife's business, my husband's business, you, you know, my brother's, my sister's, aunt, uncle's business. They all got a fair shot and anybody can look at that. You know, we talked about it being transparent. If you're a corporation, then it needs to be transparent to your shareholders and stakeholders. Uh, and it's typically internal, but it does not need to be transparent to your competitors. You with me? If you are a corporation, your procurement does not need to be transparent to your competitors. And, and, and it's, it's, it's simply for this reason. You're trying to maintain a competitive advantage. Each corporation hopes they buy better than their competitors. They have set up systems and processes that they think make them more competitive, including what they buy, the goods and services that they buy, i.e. their supply chain, and they believe that the way they do it gives them an advantage over the way others do it so they don't want to give that away now what that translates into and I, I tell you this because if you recall in one of the prior episodes I'd mentioned my experience being a corporate buyer one and and a uh, minority and women business coordinator as a buyer one of the things that would happen to me is uh, small business owners like, like you or others would walk up to me and say, how much is, is, is my company currently paying for what they sell? And I just look at them and I'm like, I'm not telling you that. What is your price? 
and the, and then they'll start saying things like, well, if, if you tell me the price, then, um, you know, I can beat that price. And my usual comeback was, if you don't know what the market is for your product, then why don't you come back to me when you know that? Because if you're wa- walking up to one of the big boys, you actually need to know the the price that's out in the market for what you do. And we're going to talk about this in another episode. Uh, the value of what you're selling to my company. Now, here's why this is important in the context of government versus corporate. The vast majority of the Fortune 500 purchase on value. They don't purchase on price. You with me? They purchase on value. And more often than not, uh, when you look at a bid, the company that got the bid has a, a higher value. They may have a higher cost, but they also have a higher value or the opposite of higher value is lower total cost. All right. Whereas in the government, they have some concerns around best value and they reserve that right. But given their rules around transparency, more often than not, they go with the lowest price. And in the vast majority of products and services offered by your company or other small businesses, uh, clearly, they have standardized their processes and their procedures to try and make sure there's a level playing field so that everybody is bidding on the exact same thing. So the opportunity for them to do best value is probably not as much. It exists. It's there. They will sometimes tell you they bought on best value. And in their case, best value could have been other considerations like someone else may have been closer uh, to their location, had lower transportation costs. Uh, they may have actually had more inventory and was able to uh, put together a configuration that cost the government less money and those kinds of other considerations unrelated to the price. But more often than not, they really and truly look at the price, take the lowest price, call it a day. And like I said, some of the exotics things that they get into is Uh, the no-bid contracts or where they have the single source, a sole source. Those are unique situations, which are not things that you're going to run into at this point in your business, in your day-to-day running of your business. So the big thing to keep in mind, which is great for us small business owners, because we're all about innovation, um, seeing the world from a totally different perspective. And once we understand uh, lowest total cost or uh, best value, then we actually can design business models around that. We can design products around that and we can apply our innovation to adapt to that specific scenario. And we can take this uh, commercial jet called our business and we can take it to the highest heights at the fastest speeds and go the farthest distance and that is part and parcel to um, why it is that corporate procurement makes for a great opportunity so 
I'm going to leave you with that. Uh, I'd like to extend an offer to you to uh, please join us on our next podcast. It'll be part three of the corporate opportunity. It will, it's called the number one way to build legacy for small business owners. And uh, in the meantime, you can go to www.blueprintpros.com and get on our email list. Stay up to date on new episodes and other exciting news or leave me a message. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. And if there are other topics you want me to cover, uh, let me know. We may put those on the list as a as a as a topic coming up uh, coming up in the near future. I may also feature your comment in an upcoming episode. So listen carefully. Might be a few shout outs coming. Please also share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. And by all means, stay tuned. We have a special surprise coming up in the next few episodes. So keep listening. This is Randall and I'll see you on the other side. Take care for now.